Tahegi'ia. In the last episode, we were looking at some of Dr. Jared Spencer's work um, as far as how the mind works and how that relates to anxiety and how to um, overcome the hurdles. I didn't get to the third part. This is relief from the flood. So this, this is going to be five practical steps to processing the thoughts that flood your mind constantly day and night. Stand by. Welcome back to Hygieia. I have to apologize for the inconsistency of putting these podcasts out. I'm finding that being a caregiver is not just physically time-consuming, but emotionally draining, and I just haven't been able to put in the time that I would like to in order to do the research for this. Uh, the good thing is, a lot of the stuff that I'm telling you is good for me too, so I'm learning a lot, and hopefully this will help you. Stand by. So the last episode, we talked a little bit about sports psychologist Dr. Jared Spencer's book, Mind of the Athlete. Um, he talked about how the mind works and that we have a pre-conscious mind. And when that gets flooded, that's the source of all of our stress. I'm not, I'm not going to go into everything again. Um, if you want more details, you can go back to the last episode and listen to that. But I'm going to recap. So he says, the conscious mind made up of everything you're aware of represents only about 10% of your mind. The other 90% is the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind contains three parts. The pre-conscious mind, which stores all the things that happen to you that you are not currently dealing with. The ex-conscious mind, which stores past experiences you can recall with some effort. And the unconscious mind, which stores many past experiences that are either too threatening too emotionally charged, or seemingly not needed for you to excel or thrive. The pre-conscious mind is the part that's the most important in achieving high performance. When your pre-conscious mind is flooded with either positive or negative thoughts that you don't deal with, your performance suffered because your mind isn't clear. A psychological defense is your mind's ability to block out certain thoughts so that you can concentrate on whatever requires your focus. Stress breaks down psychological defenses, but drugs and alcohol break them down even faster. So there are four things that cloud the pre-conscious mind. Anger, depression, hate, and anxiety. The goal is to manage them better. A flooded pre-conscious mind is the root of all of our stress. So when your pre-conscious mind is clouded or flooded, there are five hurdles that he talks about. Uh, people suffer from insomnia, performance anxiety, low emotional energy, misguided tension relief, and loneliness. All right, finally, we're on part three. This is the relief from the flood. Dr. Spencer says you must develop a pathway out of a flooded pre-conscious mind you must be able to do it again and again and again so you can succeed and thrive without getting caught up by one or more of the five hurdles. 
you work out your body in preparation for peak performance. Know and understand that you must also work out your mind. Follow these five steps and you will be amazed at what you can do and how well you can do it. Step number one, be aware. It's important to be aware of what is in your pre-conscious mind. Most individuals are not aware of what is in their pre-conscious mind. Do you ever feel like you're too busy? There is more going on in your pre-conscious mind than you realize. You can't just keep going from one emotionally charged experience to another and think those past experiences won't affect the present moment. You need to slow down and allow those pre-conscious mind experiences to arise in your conscious mind. I know lately I've been dealing with a lot of things that are new to me, and especially when you're dealing with something like dementia, and I noticed that I have had to stop doing certain things so that I could focus on priorities, and I've had to let some things go. There are things on my calendar that have been on my calendar every day for the next two weeks. It's like, well, I didn't get to it today. I got to push it to the next day. And it's been two weeks, but I'm finding that slowing down a little bit and processing, especially um, if you're dealing, like you said, with emotionally charged experiences, which when you're dealing with dementia, especially somebody who um, gets very angry and says things, um, you know, you know that it's not them, but there's, it doesn't hurt any less. So I have found that it is true that slowing down and not doing as much, I've had to say no to several commitments, um, is really helpful in focusing and maintaining that balance so that, you know, during those emotionally charged experiences, um, that I don't lose my mind. So he says, when you're aware of things that are going on in your conscious mind, when that happens, you will now be aware of what is really going on in your pre-conscious mind. Awareness occurs best when busyness stops. Take some time to be alone, away from others, and away from stimuli. Take some alone time away from others and see what comes to your mind. I have found myself lately going and sitting in my walk-in closet. Okay, so somewhat reminiscent of the movie The War Room. It's insulated from the outside noise and somewhat insulates others from hearing me. Um, sometimes I even practice my trumpet. Um, that seems to help with my stress. But I feel insulated and it feels secure and it's very strange. Yes, I will admit that. But at this point when I need to get away and I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret, um, it's just easier for me to go sit in the closet. I don't call it a timeout, if you will, but it helps me gather myself. And that way I can focus on what I need to focus on. Dr. Spencer says another way to raise your awareness is a counseling session. It's a safe way to bring up unresolved emotionally charged experiences in your pre-conscious mind. There are also awareness videos on YouTube, and they're a great way for you to test yourself. And he talked about one that had um, a bunch of 
basketball players in it. And there was one team in white shirts and one team in black shirts and that they were like exchanging balls back and forth, basketballs back and forth. And he said to count, ask people to count how many times they um, switched the basketballs back and forth. And, you know, some people, you know, it ranged from 14 to 18 times. And then he said, did you see the gorilla? And nobody had noticed the gorilla in the background walk, you know, walking through these people as they played because they were so focused on the basketball players that everybody misses the gorilla. I think that would be a fun one to watch. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Dr. Spencer then goes on to talk about some of the negative emotions that we deal with. He says, negative emotions are often in the pre-conscious mind. It is important to be aware of some of the key emotions and what they may be linked to. Let's take a look at three of these negative emotions. Anger is actually hurt, as mentioned in part one. If you are angry about something, you are emotionally hurting about that thing. In the sports world, there is often little support system or vocabulary that encourages or allows expression of negative emotions. It is awkward and uncomfortable to discuss with a coach or teammate a curt comment or action that caused hurt feelings. However, a hurt held inward for too long may become depression. As mentioned earlier, depression is a hurt held inward. If you hold it in for too long, you will implode or turn your emotions inward, which is unhealthy. Holding it for too long may also cause you to explode, which is not healthy either. If you are feeling some depression, it is likely that you have been hurting. Something is probably bothering you emotionally that you have been holding inside for too long. Number two, anxiety is another emotion we often hold in the pre-conscious mind. Again, anxiety is defined as fear of the unknown. When you are feeling anxious and filled with a tremendous amount of worry, it is likely due to too many unknowns in your life. Situations that cause you to have anxiety are often unknowns that occupy space in your pre-conscious mind. Number three, hatred occurs when you feel threatened. When you feel hatred towards someone, it is likely because he or she has the ability to hurt you in some way. You may feel threatened by something that person might say to others that could impact your social status also, he or she may have the ability to hurt you by impacting your thought process and then clouding your judgment. Whatever it may be, you experience hate when you feel threatened by somebody. Become aware of these strong emotions in your pre-conscious mind so that you can begin to minimize and recognize them. I agree with them. I think being aware of what is causing these negative emotions or these thoughts um, goes a long way towards helping you find a way to manage them or get rid of them entirely. We'll be back in a second. Okay, part number two, process. Once you are aware of the material in your pre-conscious mind, you must process it. What does it mean to process? Essentially, you have to talk about it. 
It is not enough to just think about it again and again on your own, believing you can somehow resolve all of your conflicts by yourself. You may be able to resolve some of them, but most often there is too much going on to clear your pre-conscious mind simply by thinking. Because the pre-conscious mind is flooded, you may not have the emotional and psychological skills to process all the material. Talking to somebody else can alleviate a lot of tension. I wonder if that is why as people get older, they often talk to themselves because that is the only way they can process things because there's just so much going on in their mind, especially if they've got a lot of stress going on. I, I noticed that I have started talking to myself a little bit more. Sometimes I at least pretend I'm talking to the dog, but sometimes to hear it out loud helps me. And as my husband would tell you, I like to talk a lot anyways. So I don't maybe don't have as much trouble processing things as some people do. He then asks, you know, do you have somebody that you can confide in, somebody you can talk to? Um, can you recall a time when you had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with someone? Have you ever shared something that was bothering you to the point that the conversation brought you to tears? It is likely that you felt much better after sharing. Sometimes conflicts cannot be resolved in the short term, but still, talking about them makes a huge difference. In fact, there may have been a time when you were discussing something and reached a point when you no longer felt the need to continue discussing it. It stopped bothering you. Talking about an issue disarms it. It takes the emotional charge off the experience. Uh, I Prayer is a good example of that. If you're pouring your heart out to God, uh, that can bring about uh, a catharsis, which is a freeing of emotions. So Dr. Spencer says, talking about stressors is a powerful cathartic experience. One benefit of talking is that it alleviates the tension from those emotions in a positive, healthy manner. Repressed emotional stress can often manifest itself in a physical symptom, such as the pain sensations of a back injury. I'm sure you and I know that many, you know, know someone in our life that had a terribly stressful situation, loss of a child, loss of a spouse, etc. And then they suddenly came down with some kind of illness that never seems to go away. And I think this is true for people. If we're not aware of this, if we don't get these negative emotions out, we do physically become sick. Dr. Spencer continues. You may have to fight against some untrue messages you've internalized about expressing your feelings. Talking about your feelings is not considered complaining, whining, or being a baby. It is merely expressing how you feel. New York Yankee star Alex Rodriguez professed, Therapy should not be synonymous with a real bad thing. Kids need to know it's a good thing, that it's okay for them to seek help. Talking is most powerful when done in the presence of another person. Face-to-face -face conversations in which you can look another person in the eye have the greatest impact. Your generation often struggles with this skill. It can be hard for you to talk directly to a person about a concern, especially if that concern has significant interpersonal tension associated with it. The more you learn to talk about the material in your pre-conscious mind with another person, the better you will get at doing this. If you are not able or willing to talk about a conflict or concern, write about it. The more you write down, the better. Journaling, 
writing your thoughts and feelings down in a journal or typing them on a computer or tablet has a profound effect on a flooded pre-conscious mind. Step number four is integrate. Once you have become aware of the thoughts that are flooding your pre-conscious mind, talked or written about them, prayed about them, or in some way communed about them, you must integrate them. Integrating is emotionally resolving the dots that were described in part one. When you've worked the material through enough that you no longer feel like giving it more attention, you've emotionally resolved it. The material sinks from the conscious mind through the pre-conscious mind and ultimately now resides in the ex-conscious Integrating is an important step in clearing your mind. The material will sink down to the ex-conscious mind once it is resolved in a positive way. Integrating your dots well often requires another person's help. Integrating well is the art and science of good coaching, parenting, and or counseling. Have you ever been lying in your bed crying because someone you loved broke up with you? Your mom may have been sitting on the end of your bed comforting you. As you vented to your mom, she likely offered you reassurance, warmth, and tenderness. Your mom may have even uttered such phrases as, he is going to regret this one day, you're too good for him, there are other fish in the sea, and he doesn't deserve you. Through her careful parenting of you in the situation, the emotionally charged experiences was resolved enough that night to sink it into your ex-conscious mind. The next morning, you probably woke up feeling reinvigorated and ready to move on from him. You unfollowed him on social media and deleted the pics of you two from your phone. This is a great example of parenting that helps you efficiently and effectively integrate a negative experience into your ex-conscious mind. Another strategy that can help you integrate or stay positive is to consider carefully the people you surround yourself with and the influence they have on your life. Be careful whose counsel you accept. When you integrate negative thoughts and experiences back into your mind in a healthy, positive, and productive way, they occupy less space in your pre-conscious mind. This provides a great opportunity to thrive later because your mind will be clearer. That is the power of having good people around you. They can help you process negative thoughts and experiences in a positive way. As I've mentioned a little bit in my podcast, I have been dealing with the situation of caregiving. And I now understand why so many caregivers um, just become unhealthy and sick. But I have found a great way to stay healthy and stay sane that don't involve hard liquor. If you want to know what I'm doing, you can contact me through my website. It's dvon.relive.com. And I have an Instagram account, if I can figure out how to use it. It is dinav.relive. Contact me and ask me some questions. Find out what I'm doing to stay healthy and sane. And if you have, if I have any resources that you need, just let me know. Thanks. Yay! Step five, perform at your optimum level. Now remember, Dr. Spencer's book is geared towards athletes, but there's a lot of information that's applicable to other, everyone else as well. Says you can expect a better performance when you have a clearer mind. If you work hard at clearing out your pre-conscious mind and engage in this process again and again and again, you will successfully go out there and show the world all you have to offer. Inside of you is all the intelligence, 
creativity, passion, and energy you need to excel and thrive. You have the ability to focus and achieve your goals. All of this is already inside of you. The question to consider is this. Is your mind clearer than it has been in the past? When it is clearer, you can expect all of these positive attributes to flow through you. Your psychological defenses will last longer and you will experience greater success. Realize now that your psychological defenses function like a permeable membrane. With a clearer pre-conscious mind, your defenses allow more of the positive qualities within you to pass freely into your conscious mind. You can use all you have inside you to succeed. You will feel more alive and more excited. When competing, you will be more in the moment. Think of a time from your own experiences when your mind was clearer and you had a great performance. Think of those professional athletes who did all the right things, had a clearer mind, and thrived. Perhaps you too have performed at that level and won the championship. You possess all the skills. The question is this, can you create the right conditions to do it again and again and again? Will you move through these five steps and achieve a clearer preconscious mind? Consider the acorn. It is small, but everything it needs to become a mighty oak is already inside of it. This is the same with you. Everything you need to be a great athlete or person or worker or whatever, put whatever you want in there, is already inside you. If you do the right things and create the right conditions, you are likely to become a mighty oak. An acorn thrives in the right conditions, sun, water, soil, and space to grow. But it must avoid negative conditions too, overcrowding, drought, and squirrels. In your own life right now, what positive conditions are necessary for you to thrive? What are some of the negative conditions, the squirrels, you must avoid? So in Dr. Spencer's conclusion, he says, The path to keeping your preconscious mind clearer is simple. First and foremost, remember the model for how the mind works best, which was in the last episode. Be sure to recall three levels of subconscious mind, pre-conscious, ex-conscious, and unconscious, and how they function. Know that the key to high performance is keeping the pre-conscious mind less cluttered with emotionally charged life experiences. Unfortunately, despite your efforts, at times you will become overextended and emotionally overwhelmed. When this occurs, the pre-conscious mind becomes flooded, stress ensues, performance can drop. Because you know about the five hurdles we talked about, you're less likely to become stuck on these. Um, if you do get stuck, apply the skills you learned in this book and be sure to get back up on your feet again. Keep practicing the five steps to clearing out your pre-conscious mind. Take time each day to become more aware of the stressors that are bothering you. Process those stressors with a family member, friend, or counselor. Commune about your stressors. Be wise in discerning whose counsel you accept and resolving emotionally charged experiences in your life. Integrating those resolved experiences into your ex-conscious mind is an important step in clearing your mind. Then get out there and perform. Let the world see all of your giftedness. Hey, thanks for staying tuned in. This is just a precursor to uh, some episodes I want to do on stress and anxiety. Uh, there's so much material. I'm really going to have to be very organized and focused in order to get it out. But until next time, take care. God bless.